Tamarindo Podcast. Un podcast para ti. Y para mí. Tamarindo Podcast is your hosts. Luis Octavio. And Brenda Gonzalez. And we are your socially conscious talk show with a Latino vibe. We are amigos talking politics, food, music, and life. Welcome! Bienvenidos, episode número 12. Hello! Hi, you guys. So, um, today is kind of a really sad day. Yeah, well, we're recording after learning just a few hours ago that the, the legendary artist Juan Gabriel has passed away. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's super shocking and... and I mean, this is crazy. It still hasn't really sank in. Like, I, I'm, I'm like, I hear it, I, I, I see it in the news, but it's one of those like, is, is this really happening? No, I mean, it, what do you think? Well, yeah. Why, why don't we tell our our, our uh, listeners just in case they've never heard of him? What, what, who is Juan Gabriel? Like, what, what would be the equivalent? What's the significance of somebody as big as him dying? So Juan Gabriel, I, uh, you know, for somebody who's not familiar with Juan Gabriel, I would equate him to obviously a, a, a huge icon in Latin America. He's from Mexico, but a huge icon in Latin America, and uh, I think I would equate him to. Um, you know, like a Michael Jackson, like a Michael Jackson, like an Elton, like a, John, like like an Elton John. Yes, like definitely. Super significant I mean, artist. he's 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 been around for quite some time. Um, he, a lot of hits, a lot of you know, he's done a lot of stuff, and um, he's definitely a big icon. And then not just in Latin America, but also in Europe and all parts of the world as well. Like a lot of people know who this who Juan Gabriel used to be. Yeah, he's super iconic. Um, the way so right now, obviously, on social media is the way that a lot of people hear about about artists' death. So it's interesting to see the way people are describing him as the Mexican Liberace, the yeah. Mexican Elton John, as significant as Prince dying. Like that's it's a it's a huge deal today. And we were Fortunate that we were already going to get together to record episode 12. I know some of you missed us for a few weeks. We took a little bit of a break, but we're, we got back and heard the news and uh, shifted gears uh, and wanted to talk about this because it's such a significant moment for who I imagine are our fans. People like you and I, yeah, they grew absolutely. up with Juan Gabriel playing on a Sunday morning as your family's cleaning the house and uh, or, or, or somebody that your mom really wants to go see at a concert. So uh, how was it for you growing up for Juan Gabriel? I mean, it, it, he definitely always would hear his music around the house, especially on the weekends where we would do all the chores, clean around the house and whatnot. But, um, you know, going back to this news of, of, of Juan Gabriel you know, no longer being on this earth. Like, I think it's, it's even crazier because literally this just happened a couple oh, hours and ago this happened and here, on the streets. Yeah, here in Santa Monica. So here in Los Angeles and many people got to go see him perform just this Friday. This Friday at the I, forum. I, I got to see him maybe about two or three months ago. Like, it's amazing. It, yeah. It, he was totally fine and then he just passed away from a heart attack. So it was yeah. very, very sudden. People are very sad. I want to read for our guests one of the comments that one of our uh, fans said about Juan Gabriel. So this is a, a good friend of ours, Ileana. She says, Ileana from San Diego. 
Juan Gabriel's hits peppered my entire childhood. I will always remember dancing and singing with my abuelita in Guatemala City and my tías in Antigua, Guatemala, to El Noa Noa. Oh, I love that song. Yeah, I know. Our second year of marriage on New Year's Eve, my non-Spanish-speaking husband and I stayed home and we watched what seemed to be a three-hour Juan Gabriel singing extravaganza performance. My husband became an instant fan and I knew I made the right choice for life in a in a mate. Can you, I mean, of course, that's a good test. Do you know who Juan Gabriel is? Are you a new fan? I'm going to marry you. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good one. Um, and, that, and also on Instagram, um, we had our friends, um, so Bonita, who, who wrote um, that her favorite song was Querida. My late mother would have this song on while we would get ready for school. I have that song and that memory engraved in my heart. Oh, that's so oh, sweet. Uh, one thing that I want to share from uh, our friend Ileana, she, if you, as you noticed, she actually is not Mexican. She's from Guatemala. And still, this artist was very significant to, to her. Um, so, and, and we've received, I've seen from many folks from all over Latin America show their, their sadness for this artist. I want to play for our friends a couple of voice memos that we received about the artist dying. So we're going to play a couple of those. Hi, my name is Paulina. I live in Boston. I just want to share with everybody how sad I am because we lost the best singer that we have in Mexico, which is Juan Gabriel, which is an idol, is the princess of the music in Mexico and all over with the Spanish community. And I hope everybody always remember Juan Gabriel forever. Uh, my first memories of Juan Gabriel were actually when I was still a little girl living in Peru with his duets with Rocio Durcal. And um, since then coming to the U.S. and specifically in L.A., um, he became a huge part of just the emotional roller coaster that is life with the songs. And he was just such a poetic lyricist. And I absolutely just am extremely saddened as a Latina to know of his passing and I'm just so happy that he was able to provide the love of his art and his words to us in song and that we can cherish him forever. I know one of those. <laughs> one of those was actually my my aunt, <laughs> who uh, that was Paulina, who actually the way we found out today about Juan, Juan Gabriel dying is that my aunt actually the old fashioned way called my mom and oh. was crying about her idol dying. Um, it's very sad. You could tell. And in then her I went voice. on Instagram and all the other social media stuff. But yeah, it's so sad. Yeah, you could totally tell. And you know what? Um, one of the things that um, that Rosa mentioned is that Juan Gabriel became. Your, the soundtrack to your life once yeah. you came to the United States. Like I'm thinking about or anywhere so many, really, but yeah, the, but, but the, like, the love story. Yeah, I'm and, thinking about so many songs, and I'm thinking like heartbreak. Oh my God, when you know my first crush didn't no me pelaba. You know, like a Juan Gabriel <laughs> song would come out, and I was like, yes, yes. You know, and um, so wow, I, I that's it's so sad still. Yeah. So tell tell me, Luis, what is your favorite song? Well. Why don't we just listen to mi mamá? Oh, tu mamiringa? Say, yes, mi oh, mamiringa. Okay, say let's, something hear, let's about hear what your mom has song. to say. A ver, mamá, ¿qué memoria tienes de Juan Gabriel? 
pues la memoria que tengo de Juan Gabriel es una muy importante para mí porque cuando tú tenías tres años estaba de moda la canción de querida y agarrabas una cuchara de comer como un micrófono para cantar querida. ¿Ah, sí? Es, 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 es muy triste y es algo que uno no se puede explicar porque, por ejemplo, el viernes estaba cantando en ese concierto al que me habías prometido llevar por el día de mi cumpleaños. Pero estabas en México. Pues sí, yo creo que ya no me tocaba ver a ese gran personaje por última vez, pero la otra satisfacción que tengo es haber podido ir a un, a un este concierto de él, un Día de las Madres. ¿Te acuerdas que fue un regalo que tu papá me hizo, que me dijiste, tú arréglate que no sé dónde te va a llevar mi papá? Y me llevó a, a ese ah, concierto sí, de Juan Gabriel a, al Honda Center. Oh, cute! So, what did, what did your mom say for our listeners? So, uh, we were at the house earlier today, and I was like, Mom, Mom, like, because everybody in the house was, like, sad, and we were all listening to Juan Gabriel songs, and and um, and so she basically was saying that when I was three years old, one of Juan Gabriel's song came out, and it was a super hit. It was a Querida song. Querida! Uh, yeah, that one. <laughs> and so she would say that every time I, it'd come out on TV or on the radio, that I'd grab the first thing, typically a spoon, um, and use it as a mic to sing Querida. Oh my gosh, I have a question for you. Yeah, what's up? Dime cuando tú, dime cuando tú, dime cuando tú vas a volver. That's a great song. Yeah. I love it. So, I mean, she had the opportunity to go see Juan Gabriel. Um, my dad took her. She also mentions this in, in, in uh, that little snippet. Um, my dad took her uh, for a Día de las Madres as a surprise. I thought your dad didn't do Día de las Madres. Well, that was that one that time. That was the one time. Yeah, that was the one time. Because, I mean, it was Juan Gabriel. Everybody, you know, does Juan Gabriel, right? Um, so, so, um, so yeah, my dad took her for uh, for Dia de las Madres to go see Juan Gabriel, and you know, I mean, at least that's she got to sweet. see her. Yeah, that's very. What nice. you guys didn't hear though was that she actually threw me under the bus. What did she say? She basically said, "And you know, you promised me that you were going to take me to go see him this past Friday." She would have been legendary. I know, right? Oh, but man. Um, but we couldn't. I couldn't though because she was actually in Mexico. So. Well, you know, I was also with my mom when I, when we heard the news about uh, Juan Gabriel dying, and we were talking about we got to go see him not that mm -hmm. long ago. So it was it was a great experience, and uh, my, one of my favorite songs is is my favorite because of how it makes my mom feel. And I actually have a little quick chat with my mom about well, not really a chat, but it's really her letting us know uh, her thoughts on Juan Gabriel dying. So let's listen oh, to yes. that. Um, I'm calling to just tell about uh, my feelings for. The loss of Juan Gabriel. I um, I was a fan of him for many many years. My um, song that most like about him is um, Amor Eterno, Eternal Love. It's a very nice song uh, regarding losing somebody. I think he 
um, composed this song about the loss of his mother. But every time I I hear this song, um, it reminds me the loss of a loved one. He was a very nice. He was in a concert last year. I saw him twice, and I'm very thankful to for that. He was a, an idol in Mexico, and I really like him. <laughs> so I can say about Juan Gabriel, uh, uh, eternal love. Thank you. Como quisiera que tú vivieras, que tus ojitos jamás se hubieran cerrado nunca y estar mirándolos. Amor estar contigo para seguir amando Well, actually, a lot of our fans also agreed with that, yeah. that, that that song. I think it speaks to a lot of people. Anybody that's lost a loved one can can be can relate to that song. And actually, a lot of people, cause that's a famous song that he does with Rocio Durcal. Yes. And so a lot of people, oh, great, he's singing up in heaven with Rocio Durcal. Like, that's oh. very sweet. That's a very nice uh, pensamiento thought of Juan Gabriel. Very, very it nice It is. Song. It definitely is. And I think a lot of people also on our Instagram and our social media platforms mentioned that that was one of their favorite songs. Like, um, Betsy, who was our guest here mm-hmm. before, she, she said that that was her favorite song. Also, another um, favorite of our listeners um, is Asifu. Mm-hmm. Right? A lot of people like, I mean, he's just, all of his songs were just so emotional and so many ballads that people can connect to that. And, and apparently he also wrote a ton of songs. There's lots of songs that people love that don't necessarily know that he was behind it. Yeah, so it he was just a wonderful artist. Didn't um, I mean, just right before we started um, our podcast, we spoke with uh, Latino Rebels. That's right. And um, they said that something like over 1,500 songs yeah, or something yeah. crazy like that. That's, mm-hmm. that's I think insane. that's why the folks at Latino Rebels were saying, he's more like Prince in, in that um, you know because Prince also wrote a bazillion songs yeah. that people don't know he was behind just an incredibly talented guy um, and the, uh, I want to know Luis your thoughts as a you know Latino gay man and what uh, what is Juan Gabriel's presence in the Latino community the gay gay Latino community I mean it's it's obviously a huge presence right I mean this is an icon from Mexico and uh in 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 the time that you know where when he was famous and when he when he started his career i mean to be out and proud and you know, gay wasn't the thing you do, mm-hmm. right? It wasn't. But um, I, I, I think of this song, um, when, when I think of Juan Gabriel as a gay Latino, mm-hmm. there's a particular song from his... his, his early days. Early right? days mm-hmm. and his collection of music that I think about. And every time I would hear this song, I'd, I would always think, I, I would always relate the song to me. Mm-hmm. You know, when I for sure 100% was thinking... 
okay, yeah, I am. Es decir, gay. Yo no nací para amar. Yes, mm -hmm. exactly. Mm -hmm. Yo no nací para amar, you know, and, and nadie nació para mí. And, and, yeah. and so. Such a sad song. It is. It's such a sad but song. But I, I could also understand that in the time that he, when he grew up and when he was famous, mm -hmm. it wasn't accepted. Yeah. So even if he did fall in love with someone, which I'm sure that song is probably of someone, and they probably couldn't be together because he had this music career mm -hmm. that he had to play, you know, a certain. Um, hetero normality, right. you know, that mm -hmm. he had to um, to have. So it is a very strong song. I feel like it's a song that a lot of Latino gay males and and, and, and females males and closeted in particular LGBTQ living in Mexico could relate to mm -hmm. because you can't really in that time you couldn't really be open and you know be able to express your love for yeah i mean if even today it's a, it's a challenge for some folks so you can imagine somebody that has been in the public eye since the i don't know seven early 70s maybe the 60s and you know and, and as, as juan gabriel um got older and 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 you know he 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 started growing into this iconic figure that mm -hmm. he that he was um The, the the media started to ask him, right? Mm -hmm. You have a significant other. A lot of people are wondering if you're gay, you know, like what's your sexuality? And one of his questions that I think is so famous is he would always answer with, lo que se ve, no se pregunta. Mm -hmm. right? What you see, you don't ask about. A exactly. So, I mean, I think best answer ever. And mm -hmm. it's like, you know, it is what it is. I am who I am. Don't ask. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I, I think that he definitely lived in a world where it wasn't um, the, the norm. But he he was fine with, with himself and he was fine with not... You know, officially coming out or, you know, any any of that. So, all right. So, Juan Gabriel, rest in power. Juan Gabriel forever. <laughs> How are you? This is Babelito from Latinos Who Lounge. And I am recording this um, message from L.A. I just came from a music festival. And it was very interesting because the whole time I was there today, I kept thinking, like, this whole generation will not be able to, to watch Juan Gabriel live. And I've been to countless concerts. I cannot tell you how many and music festivals because that's what I do but nothing compares to seeing Juan Gabriel live he performed for um, the last time he performed in Vegas for three hours non-stop with his tequila his wine and just went through all of his songs like most of his songs and it was just an incredible moment it didn't compare to anything else I've seen before But for me, Juan Gabriel has a special place in my heart. 
For one, he's from Juarez. Well, he's from Michoacán. He was born in Michoacán. But some of the most important years of his life he spent in Juarez. And Juarez has a special place for Juan Gabriel, for his music, for his legacy, and for who he is. And that is something that no matter who you talk to from Juarez, they can tell you about. If you're from Juarez, you have one, two, maybe three degrees of separation from from Juan Gabriel. Your abuelita met the aunt or met the cousin or met somebody. I remember my mom's aunt, she said that Juan Gabriel used to rent errands for her. And that's a story that I I keep in in my heart. So as my mother went when she met um, Juan Gabriel's son, and it's very interesting because growing up, that was the only queer voice that I remember that I could see in TV. And some people may think it might have been a mockery because he was very feminine. But let's think about it for a second. Juan Gabriel was not necessarily out, but everything about him was this incredible, powerful queer voice. And it's something that that it's it's very powerful, and I cannot and I cannot be more thankful than than today, um, because now we remember him, and it's very sad that we don't get to see him again live. And um, again, from Juarez, um, it's it's an important thing. Um, he sings about El Noa Noa, where he started singing a long time ago. My parents, my uncles, my aunts, they used to hang out at El Noa Noa. And it's, and it's very interesting because, I don't know, 20 years later, we have some friends. They open a bar next door. And now, like, kids are using the hashtag Noa Noa City. And this is before today. So, again, the legacy of Juan Gabriel is something that is <clears throat> extremely, extremely powerful um, for everybody, and not just people from, from Juarez, but from, from Mexico as well. He is a classic crooner, like nobody else that we've seen before. He was pushed to stop himself from being so, you know, amanerado, but that was part of his genius, and that was why people loved him. And even though he said in interviews, lo que, se, lo que se ve no se pregunta, no? Like what you see, you don't ask. It is still something that it's very important from a country that up until, I don't know, like 15 years ago, being um, a queer voice, being a, a, a gay voice in popular media, was just a joke and it was never taken seriously he never backed up he continued his story and even though there were times where he was obligated to hide that story at the end he was you know se consagró like one of the greatest singers and one of the greatest composers that we've that we've ever seen and that's something that that it's very powerful um, after the music festival, we took the train. We are staying in an Airbnb very close to Hollywood. And I told to my sister, let's go. Let's just let's go check out the star of Juan Gabriel just to pay our respects. And it was incredible. There were candles, there were flowers. And it was a very powerful moment for me, for everybody around. People were playing their music. And... Um, what is interesting is that his star is right next to the star of Stevie Wonder. 
And Stevie Wonder is still alive, it's still with us. And again, it's a very powerful voice for the black community. And even though some people say, well, you cannot compare both of them, but they, both of them, like each one in their own country, and I can even say that um, Juan Gabriel in all of Latin America, in all, you know, Latino America, he represents more than just somebody who sings. He represents a lot more than that. And seeing those two stars together really struck a chord. And it really, really was um, a moment because he might not have been our Stevie Wonder. Um, he might not have not been our Liberace because people compare him to um, with Liberace. And also being from Vegas, it's something that I hear a lot. But the reality is that there's only one Juan Gabriel. And it's just Juanga. And it's Juan Gabriel, and and even though he's from Michoacan, he lived in Florida and so many places. He is from Juarez, from Noa Noa City. Um, I want to thank you guys, um, um, the Tamarindo Podcast, for allowing me to to talk on behalf of all Juarenses about how amazing um, Juan Gabriel was as a person and how amazing he was <clears throat> as a singer, as a composer. And just like Selena, I feel like in 15, 20 years, kids are going to start reliving all of those songs and the importance of Juan Gabriel. And as I said before, um, his legacy is just starting. Um, and it starts right now. Um, Descanse en paz, Juan Gabriel. Hey, Brenda, it's Mario. Just uh, leaving you my message about uh, Juan Gabriel. And um, so here it goes. You know, I don't think, uh, I think for me and for many of us who still remember as a child, siempre en domingo, um, I remember the first time I saw Juan Gabriel singing and how there was something so different about him, um, not just his mannerisms, but how he, you know, looked uh, and pierced through the TV station singing his songs and um, seeing all my aunts and um, girl cousins reacting. And there was something that I saw and I knew he was special and he spoke to me at that moment too. Um, and, uh, and over the years, obviously, to hear the rumors about him. But there wasn't a day where if uh, Juan Gabriel was coming out on TV that it wasn't just my aunts and my uh, girl cousins who were pinned to the TV, but it was the whole family, the Theos, and everybody always enjoyed his performance. And, of course, uh, there was also... Um, the talk about what he wore and what you know how he looked um that day um but you know Juan Gabriel too was um interesting sort of an unsung hero for lgbt uh latino latinx um uh individuals because um he was an unapologetic in terms of who he was uh, or how he came across and how he expressed himself and performed and um, without necessarily having to utter words about his um, sexual orientation. He kept being himself and um, 
And of course, his music was something that um, got us through a lot of happiness and sadness. And um, he knew that um, he could transcend whatever opinions people might have about about him. That at the end, he knew how to. Uh, he knew his music would bring us together. And um, I know that um, there isn't gonna be. Um, a dry eye when we all watch his, uh, his uh, you know, service. Tú bien sabes que no fue mi culpa. Tú te fuiste sin decirme nada. Y a pesar que lloré como nunca, ya no seguía de mi enamorada. Luego Hey, Luis, do you know how to support the Tamarindo podcast? By listening? Duh. Yeah, but what if you uh, haven't figured out how to listen to a podcast? Then they should go on our Instagram and figure it out. That's right, because you, <laughs> you made a video. It shows you all the steps to, to find the Tamarindo podcast. What if you're with a friend and you know they would like the Tamarindo podcast, but they don't listen to podcasts? What can you do? Then they can pull their credit card out and give us some money. No, I'm saying, well, that's one way. You can definitely support the <laughs> money. But take that person's phone and upload the Tamarindo podcast for them. Yes. Super easy. We want you to tell your friends about Tamarindo. And if you don't have any money to give us on our GoFundMe, which we accept donations. If you don't have money for that, but you also have known time, as go fund my tacos. Go, go fund my tacos. If you if you have a little bit of time, just take two minutes and give us a review on iTunes. It helps other people find our podcast. We are totally independent. We yes. don't have any big media behind us, although we'll welcome yes. it. <laughs> so help us be seen and tell someone about the Tamarindo podcast. All right, Luis. ¿Qué pasa? ¿Qué pasa? Well, we you know, we've been on hiatus, right? Yeah, we haven't connected with you guys we in haven't. a few weeks. Thank you for all your love thus far. Yes. But what's been going on in the last few weeks? Well, I mean, as some of the uh, listeners uh, have seen on our Instagram, I did go to Mexico and I got a tattoo, which was freaking awesome. I found this tattoo artist on BuzzFeed in Espanol. Mm -hmm. And it was, he was amongst the... Hey, listen, BuzzFeed, you can, you know, can sponsor right? us. <laughs> <laughs> so um, BuzzFeed in Espanol did a, a thing on... On like the top 10 tattoo artists to follow in Mexico. Mm -hmm. So I've been, I've always been wanting to get a Frida Kahlo tattoo. And I, 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 I called this guy, um, like around the beginning of May 
And he was like, my next available appointment is July 27th. And I was hey, like, put you on the waiting crap. list. Yeah. Pick a number. Yeah. No. Well, I was like, okay, pues ni modo, you know, and I finally got to it. I got there. Uh, me quedé en La Condesa, which was really, really cool. Oh, and if, if anybody doesn't know that, it's like the coolest neighborhood to hang out it with in Mexico City. awesome. We got to stay there a few years ago. It's yeah. phenomenal. It's, it's really actually, cool. Do I feel like it reminds me of Silver Lake, only cleaner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's awesome. It's super cool. And then the best part is that the this apartment that I rented, um, it was right in the corner, and there was a, a lady who sold um, tamales in the morning and freshly squeezed orange mm, juice. Qué rico. So that was heaven. So it is Silver Lake, you know, with your juice. Yeah, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the tattoo artist, um, follow him on Instagram. His name on Instagram is Soy Feliz Studio. Soy Feliz. Soy Feliz Studio. just like yep. Soy Feliz. Soy Feliz mm-hmm. Studio. And um, he was freaking awesome. So that's what happened. I what love about, it. So I'm looking gracias. at it right now. So for those of you that do not follow us on Instagram, which you should because it's amazing, what it looks like, it's it's like Frida Kahlo, but also from her head, she's got um, reindeer uh, horns coming out. It looks phenomenal. And it's sort of like a ge- geometric, geometric shape. Half, it, of, half her, of her face. Yeah, half of it's her really face. It's really cool. And it looks actually, amazing. Thank you. And it's actually um, from one of her paintings. It's um, the painting del Venadito. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that's why she's got the reindeer. Yeah, that's why she's got the the, the, the horns. Venado means deer y- in Espanol. Yes. So, yeah, awesome. The guy was super um, helpful, and he helped me kind of design it. And so, really cool. Awesome. What about you? Well, for me, one of the highlights in the last couple weeks is that I got to be a total fangirl and meet... Maria Hinojosa. Wow. She is fa- fabulous. She's itty bitty, teeny, teeny, <laughs> tiny. So if, for folks that may not know her, she's been a journalist for yes. years. Mm-hmm. I um, heard, have heard her voice through Latino USA, which is a great podcast. Yes. Um, I've been newly super obsessed with this other podcast um, called In the Thick, which is I, I've mentioned on the show before. It's a politically it's, a, it's a, a political show, but it's very diverse. It's phenomenal. So I've been l- loving her on that show. And then on PBS, She's got another great show called America by the Numbers. So doing some really great things about um, our changing country. Uh, and it was wonderful to get to see her. I gave her a big hug. She's re- retweeted us several times. So nice. shout out to Maria Hinojosa, um, paving the way for other other Latinos to have voices on in the podcast space. So that was a, a highlight in the last couple weeks. Just working and, and preparing, hey. enjoying the little break in between here. But I'm really happy to be back recording oh, yeah. for you guys. And, and you know what? Uh, funny, because we didn't actually plan this, but we should have, maybe. I don't know. But um, yesterday, we were both in Tijuana. Yeah, we were both in <laughs> Tijuana. <laughs> we, like, literally missed each other. I know. No? It's so funny. We, we did not know that we were both going to Tijuana. I go to Tijuana for the dentist, because it's way cheaper down there. I go to Tijuana for everything. For the fun, for the candy, <laughs> for the chamoy. Todo, todo, todo. <laughs> for my tajin so and the it was funny. And I actually saw that you were in Tijuana, because you posted a picture on our Instagram, Tamarindo Podcast. That's right. We both we, we now were both posting. For the most part, it's been Luis, but now I finally figured out how to do the the uh, Instagram. So yeah, we were both posting about our Tijuana experience. And I know, and we weren't there. We together. didn't weren't there together. <laughs> That's so crazy. You're gonna you're gonna the, the listeners don't know that. Shh. <laughs> um, but speaking of also um, podcast, I also like to send a quick shout out to Latinos Who Lunch. Uh huh. Yeah. Definitely. You got to hang out with them. some of them, right? Yes. With fifty percent of Tamarindo hung out with fifty yes. percent of Latinos Who Lunch. I know. 
know. You um, guys had lunch. Yeah, we did. And um, I met with uh, Babelito, who was actually here in Los Angeles because they live in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And uh, super buenísima onda. Is this and they're guy, fairly new, too. They have like, what, 10 podcasts new, like or maybe 10 less? Podcasts, um, 10 episodes in. Um, but super cool. Uh, and so I kind of nos comprometimos. I kind of said that we would do a thing together. We, are they inviting us to Las Vegas or are they coming oh, down either, here? Either are or. Are we going to use the powers of technology? <laughs> <laughs> no, we, they either come here uh-huh. and, or we're going to cook all together. Oh we'll God, we'll that do that as a great. podcast. And then we're going to have some micheladas? Yes, of yes. course. Or we go to Vegas. But I think going to Vegas sounds a lot more exciting, no? No, pero, I, I, okay, that all depends on uh, how our listeners support us because... <laughs> See, go fund our tacos. Go fund our tacos. Fund our Vegas trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but shout out to um, Latinos Who Lunch and uh, Fabi Fab. We miss you. And uh, Babelito missed you, Brenda. So. Oh, very nice. We were both, we were all jealous. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, very, very funny podcast. And uh, more podcast news. Uh, I was, some of you may have heard if you are also following us through all of our our social media, which you should. I was also a quick guest at um, another podcast, which you and I have been on together, which is Ray's Latino Podcast. Mm-hmm. So Ray and I were both together in Orlando at the National Council of La Raza Conference, and we did a quick little impromptu interview. So we'll, we'll post the links in our notes of this episode, but that's another episode where you can catch us. And we were very fortunate that yes. today we were on Latino Rebels, which we talked about a little bit earlier. Yeah, and earlier this week. No, es que hemos estado en another podcast. We've been all <laughs> over the place. That's You know what? That's the beauty of pod, the podcast community, yeah. the Latino podcast community. It's all about oh, that's supporting right. it's each happening. other. Tell us what yes. is happening. So earlier this week, we were at uh, in Santana um, on It's Happening, which is on uh, RadioSantana.com. Org. Uh-huh. You could listen to and it. And this there. guy, these guys are badasses because they're they're, they're actually live. live. Radio yes, live. They're live. Was so, uh, you can't mess up. How was up. that experience? You know what? It was it was nerve wracking because here at least we can like oh we messed up. Edit Jeff producer producer Jeff <laughs> in the house. Shout out to producer Jeff. Yes. Woo woo woo. woo. So <laughs> where's it, our matraca by the way? Matraca from producer Jeff. Oh producer producer Jeff is finding the matraca himself. Oh there it is. <laughs> so it was actually nerve wracking to tell you the truth because I felt like, oh my God, I'm going to stutter or, you know, I'm not going to say the right thing, but um, they were freaking awesome. And so big shout out to them. Thank you for having us. And maybe we can have them on our show. Yeah. Okay. One more podcast related story <laughs> <laughs> also on the break. And I, and I, I um, did all the social media on that too, is I got to go my, see one of my favorite podcasts, which is called your girlfriend yes. I went to so this was a live podcast like a live recording oh, wow. at the Ace Hotel it was great I sat I went by myself because nobody else like as, as you guys that are listening you are all in the podcast listening space but you know that some a lot of people don't listen to them yet so I, I couldn't find a date to go with me to see Call Your Girlfriend but I sat next to t- uh, two wonderful ladies I told them about the Tamarindo podcast so if you're listening friends new friends that I made nice. the, <laughs> I hope you're listening and it was great so that's hashtag goals to, to yes. have a live oh. podcast show you know what hash, speaking of hashtag goals now we have a, a traveling mic that That's right. Thank you to our yes, listeners for yes. n- not only traveling mic, but I'm also speaking into our brand new in-studio mic, which is sitting on a brand new studio stand. Yes. So we're, we're getting... Uh, we're looking pro, you guys. We're yeah, looking pro. Yeah, we're getting there. 
So, so it, but as I was saying, ha, you know, um, talking about hashtag goals, um, you know, uh, um, Super Mamas just had a huge show. Ooh, and another whatnot. great podcast, yes. Super Mamas. Um, so maybe with our traveling mic, maybe we could do a quick, like, quick uh, trip to uh, Valle de Guadalupe and we can go wine tasting. Oh my God, that's We could plan great. that Ooh. and say, hey, Tamarindo Podcast listeners, we're going to go this weekend. Let's meet here. Whoever wants to join us, oh, let's go. Like a tour? <gasps> yeah. I like the way you're thinking. So, everybody, if you guys like that idea, why don't you tweet at us that I want to be on the Guadalupe tour? Hashtag Guadalupe tour. Yes, <laughs> yes. Let's do it. Let's be Guadalupanos together. Yes, <laughs> La Guadalupan. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So, yeah, let's... Uh, Very busy. ¿Qué pasa? Very busy. Okay, time for La Chancla. This Ooh. is the part of our... My favorite part of the episode always is where we throw the shoe, La Chancla, the proverbial chancla, to something that's annoying us, something that's bothering us. So, Luis, who's getting your chancla? Damn, I have... So many chanclas? So many chanclas. So little time? But So little time. But the, <laughs> the first one is, really quick, Neiman Marcus. Neiman, Neiman, Neiman Mames. No, I want to I want, I want sign <laughs> que diga... No mames, Marcus. No mames, Marcus. Because, uh, dude, they're selling tamales. <laughs> yes, yes. So if, if people have not, if you've been living under a rock, <laughs> you may not have seen that Nemes, Neiman, what are you, how do you Neiman Marcus. It? Neiman Marcus, <laughs> where I probably need a passport to enter, um, is a you know high-end designer store is selling tamales. Yes, they're what? selling tamales. It's six docenas for $95 plus $18 shipping and handling. And I kind of want what? to order Why? these and be like, ¿A qué sabe esto? You know, like, I don't get it. it it's annoying. And um, and they also sell enchiladas. ¿Pero por qué? I have no idea. Who's the señora that they got to do this? I I, I, I don't think it's a señora. <laughs> okay, so chancla to so Neiman Marcus. But my biggest chanclazo goes to an airline that I'm just so upset about. Right now, que fui a México. Um, no customer service skills no. whatsoever, and it's Volaris. And if you're hearing me, please better customer service skills because I guess at the end of the day, you get what you pay for. Yes, I only I paid. Mean, I they, only paid fifty dollars each way to get to Mexico. For them is so good. But you well, know, what was that? They were just rude. Like they you, were just you were rude. They're rude. Um, you know, and, did they and, cut you off from the alcohol again? Uh, no, they didn't cut me off. <laughs> Because now you have to purchase everything, <laughs> like even a smile you have to purchase, oh, it seems shit. like. Um, but then also connected to that, you know, you heard of like that new um, bridge that connects San Diego to, uh, yeah, to the airport. Been, I'm curious to, to try it because I'm going to be flying out of Tijuana. Um, Definitely try times. it. It saves a lot of time. It's great. Uh, can like, you tell us? Because like, I think a lot of people are going to find this valuable. How do you get on? Like, what's the, how does so, it work? Okay. So first of all, don't ever buy, if you're if you're traveling through Volaris, don't ever buy the tickets to cross that bridge through Volaris because they will tell you that you didn't buy them online when you actually did. So don't buy them there. Okay. okay? Buy them in person. Buy them when you get to the actual uh, place. It's okay. called the CBX or something bridge. Okay. Um, but how do you get to the bridge? So the way you get to the bridge is just if you were going to Mesa de Otay, just like you were going to the airport. Okay. okay. Um, and then the exit is Britannia, Britannia Way or okay. something. Britannia Way. Yeah. So, yeah. but it says on there, uh, express cross exit next or something. Okay. So okay. you can't miss it. It's not, it's okay. 
So yeah, you, you actually miss cannot it. miss it. Okay. Yeah, you can't miss it. So you get there, um, just like you were at the airport, you'll check in, you'll check in with whatever airline. Uh-huh. While then, you're still in your car? No, no, no. Well, I mean, you park your car, you can leave it there, oh. or you can get dropped off. And then um, you get to the terminal, which looks like almost like uh, John Wayne Airport. If you get dropped off, can you get dropped off on the state side? Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. It's like its own terminal on the San Diego awesome. side. So it's mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you go, you get, you check in, you get your, your boarding pass, and then you go to the counter to purchase the tickets to cross to the airport. Okay. What I would recommend is to purchase both at the same time, like the crossing into Tijuana and the oh, crossing back that's smart. from Tijuana. Good tip. Because it's actually cheaper. You save like $2 each much, way or so something. So how much is it? Uh, if you buy both ways, it's $15. But if you buy just one way, I think it's $17. Oh, that's not bad. It's not bad at all. But I have a feeling that the people who are uh, the, 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 the people who are working the, the counters the bridge, uh-huh. are from Mexico because, again, no customer service skills. That's funny you say that because I feel like people in Mexico have great customer service. Uh, I think that that's a whole different episode. And I... <laughs> I have so much, like, I just, I don't get it, you know? And um, I fly here in the United States all the time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we may not have skinny uh, flight attendants and or young flight attendants when we fly, you know, here because of equal opportunity employment and, and so on and so forth. But they have the best <laughs> customer service skills. So you're saying in Mexico, you have to be good looking to in get In Mexico, you have to be... <laughs> You know, young for sure, because they're uh-huh. all young, uh-huh. and you have to fit a certain size. Mm-hmm. But these girls, these azafatas, walk like their shit don't stink. I love that stink. word, azafatas. Yeah, but they walk like their shit don't stink. And I'm just like, dude, come on. Like, <laughs> you're in a customer service field. Like, smile, you chanclas, know? Chanclas, chanclas, chanclas. So, chanclas to them. But what, what about you? What, what, who does your chanclas go to? Mine is a uh, chanclas slash call to action. It's a it's a another one of those chanclas with love that I send to sometimes. Well, I mean, anybody that is interested in race relations or maybe following the election or just kind of you know in tune with with everything that's going on in the in the world right now, um, there's been just a lot of conversations about about race. I think Trump has mm-hmm. fueled a lot of um, just. He's tapped into this building rage that a lot of people have, and now they're a little bit more. Um, free to just express the racist views that they've already had. Yeah. And at the same time that that's, that, that is happening, there's also a lot of, of women, women of color, um, LGBTQ people and others that are becoming more and more empowered to call out things that are not fair. So you've got these two sort of competing things. And so you got the racists and then those of us that, um, are are being brave and wanting to talk about race and and then yeah. let's call people out for their shit. And I think that one thing that's missing from um, these these conversations about race, we've got those that care about correcting things about race. We have the racists, and these are the, these are the groups that are comfortable talking about race. Uh-huh. What's missing and what is essential is those um, those people that are the the bridge, which I think are white. Well-meaning folks uh-huh. that can help bridge, and they can they can they can call out their white neighbors or their, or their white friends for the sometimes subtle racist or the outright racism. Mm-hmm. Maybe if they just start with the subtle racist, because I think it's you may not for you may not be able to completely turn around a super racist person, but people that have have been maybe subtly racist or subtly sexist or subtly anti-LGBTQ. 
maybe start calling out those neighbors, brothers, uncles, cousins, those folks in the middle that are hashtag woke, that actually yeah. understand those of us that um, have been a little bit more experienced in talking about race and things like that. So it's a, it's a chancla for the silent white ally that hasn't been as vocal, as vigilant, as calling, as, as, um, uh, doing the important work of calling out others because, and I'm saying this because there's been many times that um, I've been caught in, in, in racist defending. I mean, let me try to share this in the best way I can. There's been many times where folks are, are people of color, friends of mine of color that are uh-huh. calling out a racist thing that's happening to be specific. Uh, very recently, there's been an actress that was in Ghostbusters. Oh, um, I heard about that. Who's been the victim? First of all, complete racist, disgusting, horrible comments when Ghostbusters mm-hmm. came out um, because she's a, a dark woman of uh, dark African American woman of color, successful, and you know, God forbid that exists. So she's been a victim of a lot of cyberbullying, and then and that was a few weeks ago. But then it did she of, have to like shut down her like she Twitter to, or she, something? She actually had to like take a break from Twitter, but she also had, like this Ridiculous. is the first time that Twitter said, okay, yeah, this is kind of out of control, and they, they actually took a stand against this. Um, is it Ashley Jones, I think, is her name. Uh, we'll have to verify because I, I didn't want to. I didn't mean to talk specifically about this example, but it'll help illuminate what I'm talking about. Anyways, that was a few weeks ago, and then three weeks later, or like several weeks. This is more recent. Um, some some hackers leaked nude pictures of her. And this is not the, it's ridiculous. And again, it, it spurred an, uh, another wave of racist, horrible things. Um, but the, this, the, the act of a, of a person, a woman of color being the victim of cyber bullying is not new. And, uh, one, one of a, fr- a friend of mine was t- uh, kind of highlighting this racist and, the, and it spewed some discussion in his, in his Facebook post where it just looked like only me and my friend that posted it, the two people of color were up against like uh, this other, this white guy that was not getting it. Right. Uh-huh. And, and it just made me realize like, God, it's so exhausting that only us of, co- us people of color are the ones like, Doing fighting these fights, about, yeah, fighting. Because uh, I know, that I know that both of us, my friend and I, have a ton of friends that are allies that we know can can be important in 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 uh, being vocal in these types of conversations, and and they're holding back. And I know it's uncomfortable, but I just want to gently call you out and throw my little gentle chancla at you, <laughs> mini chanclazo. Yes, so that you, you know you can maybe think about it and be a little bit more mindful. And if you need help on how to be a good ally, uh-huh. ask ask a friend. Say, yeah, hey, you know, this of is course. this is new to me. Like we're all learning how to better communicate and be more sensitive to to embracing others. Like for for instance, the whole Latinx thing. I think <laughs> I know we, we we won't even get into that because I know there's opinions on it. But that's like a thing that that like. You know, it's an example of like some people are not are like this is a fad or they have opinions about the term. Uh-huh. But overall, the goal is to be more embracive, more inclusive. So I know that that it's a um, it's a learning curve. Or, or for instance, uh, there's been cases where we might very loosely say, "Oh, está loco, he's crazy." But you know, when others people are like, "Well, you know, maybe don't use crazy because that that let's let's be sensitive to people that actually suffer from mental ill like mental illness." Okay. So I think we're all learning how to check ourselves. So it's a it's a it's a process, um, and I'm just. Um, Calling out the the the, bri- the the white folks that have been doing that that gentle calling out of others like good for them like I, I right. applaud you and let's just let's just join them like <laughs> have more people join and, you and you know what I, I've heard about this before and uh, I think somebody uh, said that by you not saying anything it's not like you're not contributing to the problem but yet you are yeah you're because. Right. 
Your you silence should, speaks volumes. Exactly. Uh-huh. You should be speaking up for what is not right. Like, you know, step up. Step up to the plate. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, this is especially, well, I mean, it's true in, in many cases, but I think in this election, the the anti-immigrant rhetoric, gosh, so many of us are immigrants. Yeah. So many of you can probably think of back two, three, four, maybe um, four generations. I don't think there's people that can go back even further. I mean, everybody's got an immigrant. Like, they have yeah, an immigrant exactly. story. See. And it's weird to, to see how immigrants are are viewed as like the the source of all evil well anyways i don't want to go on a longer <laughs> rant than i should we should wrap up the show uh but it's it we're, it's ha- we're happy to be back it feels so good brenda it feels great it feels great I, I hope this was a good episode for all of you guys it's a bit of a long one but um we we just missed you guys and yeah, had, to, had to update you on a lot exactly muchas gracias yeah so thank you this is episode 12 and where can people find us they can find us on Instagram um, at, at Tamarindo Podcast, also on Facebook, uh, Tamarindo Podcast, and on Twitter. So on Twitter, it's Tamarindo Cast, and we're, uh, we're both of us have uh, are, are starting to become more active on Snapchat. So look yeah, for we, look we, for us there. We definitely have our own Snapchat and yeah. Tumblr. Actually, Tumblr is great because that's where we keep all our all, all of our show notes and previous links. And of course, we're on SoundCloud, we're on iTunes. So find us, and share please, us. Please, please write up. us a review. <laughs> yes, write us a review. Hashtag Tamarindo Podcast to to find all of our stuff. Yes, and thank you for listening. Eh, ponte un suéter. Nos vemos en el swap meet. Now, Jeff, hit it with el Noah Noah. Come on, Brenda. Come on. Ready? Ready? Eh, eh. No quieras tú divertirte más y bailar sin Sorry, listeners, I know we suck. <laughs> yeah, I hope you all are singing too. Nunca olvidarás. Get ready, guys. Come on, everybody. Quieres bailar esta noche. Vamos al Noa Noa, Noa Noa, Noa Noa, Noa Noa, Noa Noa, Noa Vamos a bailar. Vamos a Jalisco Cuando mi arrendador dijo que el alquiler podría ser más barato si fuéramos amigos con beneficios. Había oído hablar de acoso sexual en el lugar de trabajo, pero en mi casa. Eso es discriminación en la vivienda basada en el sexo. La gente de bienes raíces dijo que estaríamos más cómodos viviendo en un vecindario diferente con gente como nosotros. Por suerte conocíamos nuestros derechos. Es ilegal asustar a los posibles propietarios para que se alejen de ciertos vecindarios en función de raza o nacionalidad. Si usted cree que sufrió discriminación o tiene preguntas sobre sus derechos, comuníquese con Fair Housing Foundation, Fundación de Vivienda Justa, 
al 800-446-3247 o también en línea en fhfca.org. La vivienda justa es su derecho. Este es un anuncio de servicio público de Fair Housing Foundation y respaldado por el Departamento de Vivienda y Desarrollo Urbano HUD bajo la subvención de FIPPI FPEI 220099. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.